Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Hey guys, before we get started today, I want to remind you that I have a really awesome freebie on my website, which is my going independent checklist. So head over to my website, wavemaking.com and get that bad boy downloaded. Okay. So today we have Daniel Coy on the show. Daniel is a podcaster, a wig maker, a union stage hairstylist, and the author of Wigging Out. I'm so excited. You're only our 80 in 89 episodes, you're the second guy that we've had on. Oh, yes! Oh, I love it. So, today is kind of more of a he makes waves, but we're so excited to have you on. Uh, I, I mean, they call me a she too, so don't worry. I know, I, I feel like it's a special kind of guy that gets on the show. I, I it's not, it's not, it's not a macho kind of guy that I'm drawn to. <laughs> no no why yeah you know but yeah so I'm so excited to talk to you so I feel like you're you're such an interesting um artist because I, I haven't had anyone on that works for a union I haven't had anyone on who does wig making and I've loved following along because it seems like such interesting work and you know you go back to hair school and they're like oh you could be anything you want to be and then all I ever saw were people doing hair in the salon. So I feel like it just is going to be a really cool perspective that you bring. And I think even, even when I say cool perspective, I feel like it's even important to say like where you're, you're, you're at today and like what you're doing currently, because I feel like even that in itself is so interesting. (laughs) Um, okay. I mean, um, where do you want, where, where would you like to start the story? Start here and go backwards? <laughs> well, I think we should say just that you're quarantining right now. Like, let's just hit him with that quick. Oh. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I'm technically sequestered. So it's different than quarantining because quarantine means you do it on your own. So I'm sequestered. Uh, so that means I'm getting paid to be here and not talk to anyone, interact with anyone, I'm on complete lockdown for 11 days um, because of the incubation period of the COVID. Uh, so they have myself and um, as of what I, what I know, I don't know anyone here. I know like four other people I think that are in the building and um, we've been trying to FaceTime each other just to talk to each other. So I'm, I'm sequestered in Brooklyn on the 16th floor of a, a part of a, a hotel and we're just here. My car is being cleaned and disinfected as we speak. Um, and the saran wrap's going around it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And um, tell people why. <laughs> like, what's the, why do you have to do um, this? Yeah, so for the show that I'm going to be working on, they, um, it's a Netflix show. That's as much as I can say. So they have huge um, precautionary protocols that they go through, you know, like set life, working on a set on TV, film, um, photo shoots, anything like that. Now it comes with, like, I go to set, like, I'm going to go do brain surgery. I have a gown on, I have a uh, KN95 mask on, I have a shield on, I have gloves on, I have to wash my hands every hour. Um, There's all these precautions 
that are now in place. Um, so this is part of it. This is to make sure that I don't have it. I got COVID tested. Um, so the union, since we shut down my union, Local 798 on the East Coast, there's also a West Coast union as well, 706, just for people who are wondering. Um, so with the bargaining agreement with productions is, you know, to get tested and the PPE. I mean, I know they can't see it, but I have my, my shield. I have my mask just to answer the door to get my dang food. Um, so it's just to, to protect people um, because people are old. <laughs> the people that I'm going to be working with are, are older. Uh, so they want to be as, you know, well prepared as possible for us to work with them. Yeah. Um, so how much of like, it is the artist or the, the, like the, the person you're working on, how much of it is the union? Because I don't think a lot of us know anything about the union. Yeah, so union is technically, okay, so they don't get you jobs. Uh, it is not a hiring hall. So for unions, it's for your benefits. It's for your minimum wages. It's for your contract, what is allowed for your lunch breaks. Um, so that's what a union does. So the, there is one for hair and makeup. You do have to choose one, hair or makeup. You can't do both unless an actress requests you to do both. Um, that has happened to me twice. Okay, maybe eight times. Um, so it, it it's technically crossing crafts. They don't like you to do that because you're taking a job away from someone. So it's for job security. That is really why um, a union is in place. So that, you know, instead of having one person do nine people, you know, now it's one person doing one person. Um, so everyone has basically a personal. Wow. Uh, yeah, and it's different now. It's, it's you know, post-COVID. So it's like all of the things, just getting back to work. Because our, our industry completely shut down. On March 13th or 14th, I had a show that was going to get picked back up from, um, do you remember 30-something? Yeah. Um, so they're doing a reboot, 30-something and more. Um, so they had a reboot, and I was ready to go to work. And they're like, mm, nope, we're shut down. So theater like all Broadway shows shut down all theater shut down um and we're just slowly getting back into back to work um, wow. with all these new precautionary things have that have been put into place and this is one of them this is <laughs> this is the most extreme but I think also Netflix has the the money the power to put into having a really safe set and it's really about being safe and not you know, having a safe set, there's different pods, there's different zones that you can be in that you can't be in, um, the six feet distance. And because we are technically the front line, they call it, like zone A, because we're touching actors. And so actors will not have a mask on and they won't have a shield, they'll have no protection. Oh. So that's why we go in like as that. Yeah, because you're yeah. protecting them, but then if they have to be, like, you're you're at risk. They I'm at risk, you know, it's not just so much for the actor, of course, us for them, but we went to beauty school. We're all certified. We all have our license. So we know how infectious diseases happen, you know? So that's not the problem. Yeah. You know, we sanitize all of our stuff on a regular basis. We are using, you know, ship shape. We are using barbicide all the time to clean. Now it's just even more so now it's not sharing combs. Everyone has their own set yeah. of everything. So, you know, that's not the, and 
that helped us in our bargaining agreements with, you know, like everyone, because like this is hairstylists in the world. This is what we do. Yeah. That's why we go to school. That's why we get licensed, you know? Um, so I feel that's like a huge, like thing. Union yeah. is a huge thing. It's totally different. Um, it's hard to get in. Um, I've well, heard that once again, but not from like, I can, I'm saying that, but it was like, ah, I'm in, um, I have the weirdest stories on getting to the union. I, Leah Michelle fired her hairdresser on a Broadway show and they needed someone. And here I, I just, <laughs> da, da, to a half hour later and started my, my career on Broadway. Uh, wow. So yeah. yeah so I'd love to, in this yeah, I'd love to back up and figure out like how you got into this, because I know that there isn't like a, a drawn out map for the trajectory that you've gone on. And I think it's like, even that little tidbit is like, Oh my gosh. Like talk about like, they talk about luck and it's like preparation and opportunity colliding. It's like, you had to be, you had to be somewhere, you know, in talks with the right people to even have made that happen. So like, how did you do it? (laughs) Um, Once again, I am like not the, the typical. Um, So I can, I'll tell my story and then I'll tell you like how you can go about doing it because it's a different world. So I, I was a drag queen. I did wigs. So I did wigs why, uh, at night and doing drag. And then I went to beauty school during the day. So I got my license, um, hated drag, was over it, worked in a mom and pop shop, hated it. Then worked at Lancome. Uh, one of my friends was like one of the artistic like directors and we became really close. His roommate at the time was the hair supervisor on Spring Awakening. And so when that happened, he just mentioned, and then poof, I was there. Especially because I knew how to work with wigs. And Broadway is wigs. I also love wigs. Um, like, yes, I'm a I'm the wig fanatic. So that really like helped. And then from there, it just like then when you become good, like then I did like Chicago, Jersey Boys, Spring Awakening, like you just get popped on all these different shows. Uh yeah, it's just there's something called a swing. So if someone calls out or gets sick or something like that, someone has to come in and do their track. So you have a track and you like follow the show. It's the same thing every night. Um, So I started as a swing. So I would go in, I would swing. um, And then I'm going to say six months later, I got offered my first Broadway show, um, which was Patti LuPone Gypsy. Um, So then from there, it's just been show to show to show to show to show to show. Yeah. How many years has this been? Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, I am, what was it, two, 2008, 2007? Yeah, so it's been a minute. Old, dirt, hello. <laughs> um, but it's it's been it's been a wild ride because I, I know I wanted to work on Broadway. Like, that was my dream. That's been my goals for since I was like a wee little lad at five years old. Uh, so I knew I was going to do it. My mother's a hairstylist. So I got to play with like her wigs growing up. We had a salon in the basement my dad would do. So like I play with all her wigs and like, you know, dress up for Halloween. Uh, so that's really how I love dressing up. I love dressing up. I love transforming people. I love like working on projects where you know you have a costume designer you have the actor you have production you have the director you have the producers all that have a say in what this looks like 
it's quite funny when it's like my, my last TV show was like a cop show. We had to talk about a ponytail for about an hour and a half. I'm like, it's a pony. It's a pony. It's a pony. Yeah, pony. Hello, yeah. ponytail. Woo. Yeah. Um, and then continuity is a huge part of our job. You know, most oh, of the day to day. Yeah, because it'll take us to do one day in, in like one episode will take us about nine days to film. So around 14 to 24 hours, depending on the old contract. Now it's 10. We can only work for 10 shooting hours and then we have to, to go away. Um, so the whole world has changed. The industry has changed dramatically. So we're, we're slowly getting back into it. Wow. Yeah. So you said you didn't, did you not, you said you worked in a mom and pop shop. You didn't like the salon vibe. Was that right? Oh no, there was no, no, I couldn't. When I say like, let's say three months, let's like solid three months. I said, who part it? No, I'll go do some makeup. (laughs) So what did you, what did you not like about it? Did you not like just like the, that it was just like, did you feel like it was monotonous or what was it? Oh, no, no, no. Monotonous is Broadway. You're doing the same roller set every time. I hated roller sets in beauty school, first off. Now it was truthfully a six-figure income in just doing roller sets. Yeah, right? Like, holy cow. Like, so in beauty, like when I go talks in like beauty schools, because I like to go back and give back and like just inspire them. Like, especially no one really knows. Like, it's such a small niche. Yes. Everyone wants to be a celebrity hairstylist. I get it. I understand. But it does take a certain person, you know? Yeah. Like, so what do you think some of the, the skills are? Like, or like, kind of like, I would love to learn about like, what, what makes, what, what goes into what you do versus being in the salon? Because I feel like I've never had that explained. Yeah. So TV, film and TV and film and theater, completely different, like, balls, like, games. Theater is, like, you start and you go until you end. It's great. The energy is amazing. But then doing a show the same way for year after year after year can get very repetitive. And that's why we, we the theaters are shut down because of COVID. We would work in such small quarters. So there would be, like, five hairdressers working in a room smaller than this with, like, 112 wigs for one show. Whoa. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit like it's that because um, like one actor could play like 10 different characters with a different wig, you know? So production wise, it's saving them to just have a wig made that looks like their own hair in different colors. They could be someone completely different. Yeah. Then you do like quick changes, like a 30 second quick change. Um, it, it's a different ball of wax where film and TV is kind of like you get them ready early in the morning, like 4 a.m. They're in your chair. You're getting them ready. 6 a.m. They're ready. And you'll watch their hair all day long. You, you mean just, just if you need to quaff it here or there? Yeah, you have to go in and check. Like sometimes like if there's a, say they're doing like a running scene, which most of the time, like I have actresses who don't run. So they have a body double who runs. So then I would make a wig that matches their hair. So, so it looks like they're, it's them. Yeah, That's a lot of a, work. Sure. And I have a ton of wigs. I have over 500 wigs in my studio. If I was not sequestered, you would, it would be behind me. Like, yeah, no, I've seen you working in your, that, <laughs> your Instagram's fun to follow. And it's funny because when I messaged you and I was like, wow, it seems like such a solitary thing you do. And you were like, it is right now. But then as you're explaining <laughs> what it is, I feel like I had a preconceived idea that like you're by yourself all the time, just like 
making wigs, but there's like a lot of different components to it. Right. So wigs in general is a different thing. I'm truthfully trying to destigmatize the word wig because I feel even Milady has done a very, it does it injustice. Like a custom made wig, one hair at a time is such an art compared to a shake and go Halloween wig. Yeah. Well, I mean, Beyonce, I feel like she's the one who for me was like, that could be a wig, like the lace on it. And Mm -hmm. I've worked with people that have gone, hadn't wanted to get into wig making and they've taken a course on it. And Mm -hmm. I don't even know where they did that. And they did like in Chicago, like opera wigs, things like that. But it's Mm -hmm. not easy to get into. Well, I mean, it depends on where you want to go. Do you know what I mean? Like if you want to be in a salon and just be a wig maker, you totally can. I mean, I have wig makers that work for me because I'll farm it out to them because I'm on set or I'm sequestered in a room. Like I can't make wigs. Yeah. (laughs) I have one. It's here in the corner. Like just because to give me something different to do on my nine days here. And do you know who that one's for? Is that like for someone in specific? It is. Yeah. It's a hairline. I do a lot of, um, a lot of celebrities have receding hairlines. So I make, I call them eyelashes for men. So it just fills in the, the front hairline. So I didn't know that. <laughs> Good. That's, then I did my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wild. So, so, you, so you have multiple things happening at once. Yeah, I, I like it that way too. I set up my business kind of that way. Um, cause some people like, this is their full-time job. This is what they do. They do TV, they do film, they show up on set with their, like their set bag. Like, I don't even know if you can even see, I know it's a podcast, but, yeah. um, like my a roller, roller case that has yeah. like my set for everything, you know, compared to like in a salon or if you're on a full-time show, if you're on it like full-time, then you're kind of like, you have your own station. I also have a trailer. So you have like a stage set. I of everything um so you're just trying to like where you are in the industry because one day you'll be department head which is like the designer of the show and like like today i'm literally going to be doing one um like one person so like it's then you find who you like to work with and you hire them and then they hire you like and then they start to trust you because they know you're there for the job not for you know to fraternize with like production or fraternize with the celebrity or whoever like I don't know who anyone is first off I'm a natural blonde yeah um so that has really helped in my career (laughs) because I really don't know who they are I'm like what hair do you want what's the hair hello costume wardrobe what are they wearing yeah I've I've always said I like that about like kind of not knowing who someone totally is because then I can just be be there Mm -hmm. for the hair or be there for the work. Cause like if someone, I remember when I was really like young doing color and someone was like a big deal, like news anchor. And like, they told me, I was like, so amped up. And I was like, could you have just been cool about it? And I remember thinking like it tripped me up is whereas now it's like, I'd rather find out later and just have it be about the hair. Right. So I mean, maybe I'm just bitter already. I'm like, I don't care who it is. (laughs) Like I have to do my job so they can go do their job. Mm. Like, and that's how it works, you know? And that's, that's the the main goal that I know as a department head, I want people who are going to work for me, who have my back, you know, like 
a problem happens, they're going to let me know. Like, you know, it's not this catty drama craziness, which it is. Mm-hmm. Half, like, whew. But that's because that's all they have. So growing up in this industry, I always had my hand in different pots. Like I did high school shows. I rented ways for high school shows. I had personal clients, you know, that I hardly do anymore. But like, they're catty. <laughs> you know, I have my own product line that I've been, you know, working on and getting that going. So like older people get a little jealous and envious and like whatever. So you have to like put up with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so it's quite hysterical. Yeah. No, but I love that you said you like having multiple things because I think for a long time, I thought like yeah. you weren't going to be good at anything, Lindsay, unless you only did color. And I found like the older I've gotten, the more confident and comfortable with myself, the more I'm like, but I want to have a podcast and I want to have a course and I want to have a salon and I want to have clients. And I feel like for me, and you can, and I can, and I think that I had this like limiting belief. So I think it's really cool to hear that. Like you have, like you're working on a client wig or hairline right now, but then you're also doing this production. I don't know. I just think it's cool to see people diversify and say like, I know I chose this because I'm happiest this way. I love to be busy. <laughs> I don't know if that's because I don't want to work on myself, um, which quarantine is really hard right now. But um, but it really does work at the end. Like, I love having so many different projects going on. Like, but then I'm, I'm thankful that I have so many projects because I don't have to rely on one stream of income. Yeah. You know, like, my show ended January 15th. Like that was my last day. So normally you go on unemployment to your next show. That's okay. how it normally goes. So I'm like, oh, I have January, March 15th. All right. I get a little bit longer of a break than I want, but that's cool. And then this freaking thing happened. So then I was, my, my book literally has gotten me through like legit, like, cause there was no, there was no work. We, they said, and we're done. You know, unemployment can only last so long because I already was on it for, so it was a craziness. Yeah. So having like the business end where I can like then focus on teaching the craft, you know, because no one taught me. Like I am self-taught. I didn't go take a class. I, uh, Paul Huntley, who he basically taught me almost everything that I know. He's done everyone first and foremost. Like he's, he's. So you just, you kind of apprenticed under him? I mean, it, it wasn't even that because you literally have like a week of tech and then you're kind of like, here you go, dear darling, you know how to do this Gibson. I'm like, ah, sure, Paul. Yeah. Um, you know, it's. But that's yeah, how you learn like, in the fire like that. I, he didn't even, doesn't even have a beautician's license. You know, he's from London. So, you know, he uses red color dye on all of his wigs, you know, because the, uh, the lighting on the stage would cast every hair color red. So we would have to make just a neutral color. So he, we would be dip dyeing all the wigs in green, rip dye, just to color them so they are like a neutral tone on stage. Crazy, right? So it's crazy. just like little things like how they light it. You know, if there's too much blue, everyone's going to be looking to... Mm. Yeah. So you have to find those warm tones and cool tones to actually show on on. Yeah, do you feel like... Screen, you know? I just was thinking as you were talking, like, do you feel like because you have different, like niches in your industry or like the way that you have different kind of like outlets for your income that allows you to be able to say no more easily? Oh, I wish I could say no. (laughs) (laughs) 
because because I was I thinking wish. as I've gotten more as I like it's like okay I could take more clients in the salon but then I'm saying no to this other part of my business that I love and like there's just like this I find that it for me it's kind of the opposite of like it's easier to say no because I have more irons in the fire but I'd love to hear your experience yeah no I I'm a yes person, you know, like being, especially because I did start almost as like a, a personal hairstylist for, mm-hmm. for celebrities like Vanessa. And you just have this connection with them that when they hire you, they know what they're getting and that's why they keep hiring you. So it's that, that like that balance on what you want. Um, and then you don't know how long, like in the entertainment industry, you're only as good as your last job. Mm. You know, so you're always trying to find something new that could be a huge hit. Maybe it's a huge hit. Maybe you're going to take on this like short film, you know, that pays nothing and your the wig costs more than your whole budget, but you're doing it because you just love the people there. And then that becomes like this huge, like it explodes, you know, like Vox Lux, for example, it was like a, there's different tiers. So it was like a tier one, tier two, like no money budget on our end, but then it became like this little cult thing. Then we got like up for an award for it because we did some crazy hair on it. Um, So it's like, who knows where it's going to go. So just over this pandemic, I read like 12 scripts and like interviewed for three and like tried to get in for another one. But we have to remember the whole union is out of work. So productions and designers first choices are available not saying i'm not the best but normally it happens is where someone will recommend me because they're already working you know so it's kind of like this you know friends who you know and like oh no they're great wigs you gotta call him yeah i think i'm here i don't even know (laughs) is it bring a wig kit okay Yeah, it's well, it sounds like a dominoes. Like when you said you got into it, it's like you do that first job and like dominoes, they start falling. Um, And it sounds like even more so than like being in a salon, like it's kind of different that way that it's like, no, no, you got to use my guy. And like, I know from um, having clients that are actresses and stuff, like they'll be like, I'm going to LA for this show, but I'm going to keep my place in Chicago because you don't put your eggs in that basket. And then it ends up being a hit and they end up moving there and flying their dog out. But it's like, you don't count your chickens before they hatch. So that probably makes it hard to say no and hard to not have a lot of irons in the fire. And that's why I'm single. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, and I can't also, understand. yeah, and also I was gonna say, like, you have to love it, right? I mean, it. It you have to, um, like, for theater for me when I started, it was like I remember getting like my first full time Broadway show. I'm like, all right, God, I made it. You can take me now. I did yeah, it. done. So, so then it's like, oh wait, I have to do more. I have to think of more things to do. I have to figure out like, oh, this was it. My life was like Broadway. Yes. Oh yeah. Little gay boy growing up in central Jersey. I'm going to be on Broadway. Right. He did. (laughs) You're like, oh, check. So then you have to like think of something bigger and more. And then being on a show that is monotonous, the same thing, you know, the rhythm, like I've never seen a show that I've ever worked on. I've only heard it. 
So, because wow. you only can hear it backstage. Like, you've yeah. never seen it. Off the side of the stage, maybe you see a little bit. Yeah. So, like, you just know it. And then you start thinking. So, for me, I have to be busy. That's how I created, like, my hairspray line. That's how I, like, created other things and doing, like, photo shoots. And, like, I did a lot of things with, like, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS to raise money for them, you know? So, it just... I have to keep busy. Yeah. Well, I think that's so interesting because I feel like for most of us, like when you have a goal like you had and you meet it, like they don't send a trophy in the mail. Oh, no. (laughs) And I I feel like like we all kind of have that Broadway dream of whatever that looks like. And um, it's interesting, like. Um, like what you're saying, because like I have a client, she's a like a actress, and she was saying like when she got on Broadway, and then I was opening my second studio, I looked at her and I was like, do you ever think about how? Because she said I never thought I'd be on Broadway, or and I was like I never thought I'd have my own place, and she's like, and I looked at her and I'm like, do you think we were dreaming big enough? And she's like, honestly, I don't. She said, I was like, she's like, last year I was in Wisconsin doing some small time um, acting thing. And she's like, why am I not fucking going for it? And I go, honestly, like when I think about my life, like, why did I think that like, this wasn't possible for me? Like, why wasn't I fucking going for it? And so I feel like I love what you're saying about like, and then like, it's just kind of like you get momentum and you kind of fall in love with the journey of it. But I think we all hit this point of like, oh my God. And then he's like, I got it. And it's a little hollow. Yep. Yeah, and I feel there's, there's uh, besides hollow, because it becomes so monotonous and you just like, you get it and you're just in this rhythm, the creative side of you starts to die. You know, like I would go to the theater and still I would love the theater. Between shows on like a two show day, I'd sit in the theater and just like knowing that the great people have, have been on that stage, you know, from when it was like, in the 1800s when we were built, you know, like just all that energy from like I have goosebumps just talking mm-hmm. about it. Like that is very inspiring. But then no one knows I'm downstairs, you know, hustling away, like slinging some wigs. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, okay, let me try to do something different. I call Broadway for me. I'm like, if I was retired, this would be great. Go there, do my little show. Cause you don't have a life. You have one day off, right? You have one day off a week when you you're going to work when all of friends are going to um going home you know like you're on that opposite schedule because we're te- technically we're catering to their entertainment yeah no so that's it's really hard wild. to find friends it's hard to find like friends partners what i mean i can't even uh, and then and it, I, it just gets a lot so your personal life <laughs> has taken like yeah like your personal life has had to take oh, a back seat life. yeah this is my personal life. Here it is. Hello. It's a great hotel room. <laughs> Literally. I, pff, right. I know. Like, this is, I'm only, I'm literally on top of the fridge looking outside so I could see the view of New York. The like, lighting's beautiful on you. Oh, thank you. I mean, the sun is right here. So I'm very excited about this place. I wanted to have like the background, but then I would be just completely backlit. So yeah. it was very pretty. Yeah, so there's been a huge sacrifice on the, like, nothing, I feel like, 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 um, Garth Brooks says in his documentary, every blessing is a curse and every curse is a blessing. And he does like this with his hands. And I think that's so fascinating because every bad thing that has happened in my life 
had a blessing woven in and every good thing had like in, in like left unchecked has a huge curse involved. So like, how have you found your flow? Balance. I'm a Libra. Hello. Um, so I have a ton, like I have to have more than one thing going, you know, cause at the end of a show, like a Broadway show, I, when I was only doing Broadway, I get really depressed. And then like, I don't know, 12 shows in, I would get deathly sick at the end of a show. Like, full-on cold, full-on everything. So I wouldn't be able to emotionally, like, because it's like breaking up a family. You know, you, you're there. I see these actors more than I've seen my own family. So my body would literally just shut down. You'd be like, you're going to go in depression. Just get sick. You won't have to deal with it. So you, you have to go inside and like really figure it out. I know this is like the worst thing any of us, you know, especially being a therapist that we are, hairdressers, touching people's like top chakra, we're touching them, you know, and we're taking on their, I, <laughs> the stories that I have, like they are written down, but once they die, I can then release them. Um, otherwise I would be sued. Yeah. <laughs> so you just have to figure it out for you and what, and where you want to go. Um, it's funny, I just did my own little ranting podcast on figuring out more, like the more, like you have to think bigger, as scary as bigger sounds, like it'll give you something to work towards. Yeah. And that's where I feel like some people kind of get in that like rut, you know, and it could start even like very young. Like if you're not in that half glass full attitude, like you can quickly go into that you know depression hole where you're like I don't want to like I unemployment's just fine you know what I mean like like you have to keep striving for more but with more come sacrifices too from work friends family like I had I don't know what 11 years I did not have Christmas I did not have anything you know because I'd have to go do Broadway shows um, yeah, and like you know, and from, it's a little different. Yeah, from your perspective back then, I'm just curious, like, did you look at it like a sacrifice or did you were you so into what you were doing that at the time you didn't know? Oh, I loved it. You loved it. You could it. not pull me away from it no matter what. So like, yeah. you know, the Macy's Day parade, you know, like I would be there at 4 a.m. getting all the people in costume so they could yeah. just do the parade, you know, like I I'm the Kool-Aid drinker. I'm full in. Like if you, if I'm on your team, you got me a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. So did so that slowly the, start to change as you got older then, or is it still like that for you? Like if you, like given, given Christmas versus like a show that you're really excited about, like, are you always going to go to the show? Is that just who you are or is it 100%. morphed? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I would go to a show. Like there was a show that I was up for that I would be going to Pittsburgh or North Carolina. They were moving the show from New York and they're like, you have to be quarantined between Thanksgiving and then Christmas and New Year's. I'm like, okay, there's, there's no, I, okay. Hello. I am sequestered. Yeah. <laughs> I know? think that's a key I, takeaway. Like you haven't done the things you've, you've done and you're not doing the things you do because like, because you get to have this crazy amount of balance in your life, but the love for it trumps the inconvenience or the losses. But it's also a lifestyle, you know, like 
you then like in a salon, I feel people have everything at their disposal. They have a dispensary, like this disposal of like whatever. I had to do Vanessa Williams's hair and I didn't even have a ponytail holder. Who does that? Who goes to a job without a ponytail? Hello, hi, how are you? So like, but then you have to start thinking on the spot. You're like, get like, your shoe. I'm going to brush your hair with it. Right. <laughs> I literally like, okay, great. I have scissors. I definitely have scissors. I'm cutting a weft and I'm tying your hair with a weft. And she's singing the national anthem at the U.S. Open. No, no big deal. She's never asked for an updo. But like, no big deal. No big deal. Fine. And then Vogue's top 20 of Vanessa Williams. So I'm like, oh, there's no. But the backstory of it. <laughs> no one knows that it wasn't this creative. It was like... Yeah. It was out of necessity. Yeah, it was, there is literally, if you look at the photo, there's like this beautiful one swoop. It's because I needed that other hair. So I had to put some more hair in front to make the swoop. It, it was hysterical. It, I mean, it's, I laugh at it. She has no idea. Um, <laughs> but that's how it happened. <gasps> See, that's not for so you everyone. Just have to think on the spot. Yeah. No, no, it's really not. Um, in the TV and film world, we get a lot of people from salons. So it's, it's, there's a big learning curve we have. And some, some department heads and keys don't want to teach either. You know, they just expect you to know. Um, so that's like a whole nother, you know, where I'm like, no, look, this is how we do this. You know, we use military time to fill out our time cards. You know what I mean? Like, who does that? Yeah. So it's like a whole different thing. We get hourly pay. We have benefits. You know, we have like union dues and everything like that. So yeah. So like with with the time off you've had, is it made you appreciate it more? Has it made you want to change anything about what you're doing? Has like have you been able to stop to the side of your journey and appreciate how much you've done? What's been like your biggest takeaway? Because I find that the time hairstylists aren't really good at slowing down because, like you said, you can have so many things going. But like, what has been something that you're like really like? proud of or something that like something that's come out of this um I don't stop like like I have to think like this is like like I've done it's quite crazy like I have to keep reminding myself I've done certain things yeah and now I'm like old you know like my assistant like I'm also then like uh don't you know no you're like half my age how can she know you know what I mean like I have to take a step back because I'm like oh no wait I have to give you know because I don't want any of these older art forms to die either that's why I wrote my book that's why I wrote how to make a wig that's why wig hacking is such a big part of my life so they don't die because no one teaches them and no one wants to teach them either because then they're not going to be good enough. Like if they give away what they're known for, like learning roller sets, people would turn their back towards me and I wouldn't be able to to see it, you know? So I would have to ask like the props department to put an extra mirror in the hair room so that when I'm sitting, I can look straight ahead and look into the mirror that's bouncing off. So he doesn't see that I'm actually looking at him. Like it's, there's no jokes here. Like, well, I feel like it sounds like it's the hair know. industry on steroids, like like the old school 100%. hair industry on fucking steroids, because it's like me getting good doesn't make you less good. Uh-huh. But it, yeah, you're like, you guys mind installing a mirror on the ceiling? Do it your way. Yeah. You know, and that was the biggest thing. I also came into the, the union at a little bit like, 
the old schools who wanted to teach, they took me under their, their wing, you know, like Colleen Callahan, like huge. She's done over 300 films, like in her career, like, like, uh, every big show she's done it. And like, it's a different world, you know? So yeah. So it sounds to me, no, that's amazing. That's why I like talking to people because people don't stop to the side of their journeys and be like, that's freaking cool that I did that or that I've stuck with this or it sounds like maybe you've gotten kind of more into like, like the contribution that you can make to the industry. I, I like to say that, but there is so much more, like I could be more invested in my union. I could be doing more that way. And there's like, how much fighting can I do? So personally I went to like people who like beauty school, you know, some people are in beauty school for all different reasons. So whatever reason that may be, I want to be able to, to spark someone who's sitting like, you know, that 1200 hours, it was 1200 for me. So whatever your hours were, you know, that, that end, like, mm, like I taught the wig class in my school back in the day. And this we're, we're talking years. We're talking, <laughs> talking years. So like, it's just like, no, I want them to see. You know, so like all of my celebrities that I work with, you know, I have them do a little video just to talk to like my students, the kids, the, the, you know, just to talk to them and be like, hey, like, listen, I can't believe you're actually talking to you. You know, it's it's funny that I have like all these and they, I think they get a kick out of it, you know, and I, I just want to spark something in someone whose flame is kind of on the edge where they're like, oh, salon, oh, platform artist, oh, salon. Ooh, color, cut. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean, I have not done a precision cut in my whole life. I've never done a haircut. Get, what precision are you getting? Yeah. I've never done See? a professional haircut ever. <clears throat> never charged I, money. Even the classes that I would try to take, or <laughs> I mean, it's not not like I just want to let people know that there are other options. Yeah, you know isn't I mean? it? There, there's so many options. It's have you had it happen? I'm sure. I mean, this is like a rhetorical question, but where people are like, "Oh wow, so how's cutting hair going?" And you're like, "I've never cut. I've <laughs> I like you know like My parents. <laughs> they have no like. My mother even does hair, so she's like, "Oh, I could have done that when I was. Ma, you can't get anywhere on time to save your life, like." Legit. So I had them come to my last show that I was department head on to give them like the tour. So there's there's something called a grid where they hang all the lights. Like my dad's a construction guy, like, you know, like, so my girlfriend who um, was the production manager, she's like, yeah, you know, we spent, you know, $600,000 on the chain to lower the grid and all that. He's like, what? (laughs) That's a house. Like, yes. This is Broadway. (laughs) Like dad. That's so funny. Right. So, yeah. So some people have no idea. But then, truthfully, the the bigger thing that I'm, like, trying to push my brand out more, the problem I've been having is my work is too good that people don't know it's a wig. That's been a huge problem. How so? For what? But for, for like, what demographic? Pick it. People don't know. Like... You, how many times does a client bring in, let's just say Kylie Jenner, for example, with her white platinum hair? It's a wig. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what people think is actually their own hair. Do you know what I mean? So, no, 
on my level where I'm like, oh, no, 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 you're not going to know it's a wig on my watch. Uh, trust and believe. I will lay one hair at a time up over that lace so you're not going to clock it on mine. You know, so it's it's been a little bit of a challenge. So I have a like, question that's, that's then. A wig. I don't do – I'm, I'm yeah. only ever been a colorist, but – how how come extensions are so sexy and like they're like one step away from a wig like I met Brett Michaels once he's not wearing extensions as much as we would like to say that he's definitely got a wig on let I love that man so um if you do his so wig I, you're killing it it's it's for, for me um and from like just doing all this research because I'm trying to figure out what is the missing link because truthfully like it's a huge opportunity. I mean, right now with China being shut down, it's really hard and like the wig industry is really suffering, but what NHD, HD television has really screwed us over too. But that just means we have to be better. Um, but I think it's really just, it's people don't get that it's instantaneous, just like extensions and it can come off. Like, and it's a, it's more delicate. I don't, I think it's truthfully all the marketing. You know, just like with Remy virgin hair and all these labels that they put on it, like hair's hair. Like people don't understand that the hair that they're using in their extensions is most likely coming from, you know, an Indian temple that China has bought for like pennies on the cents. And they're just laying all the hair, however. And then Remy hair means that they're just stripping all the cuticle off so all the hair can get curled. Like no one knows that, oh, you should have single donor hair. Like, but then you're having one person grow out your hair for you. Wow. So like, like, so people really don't understand like what a true wig is because I think they're used to the Halloween wigs. They're used to the market. They're used to whoever has created that, you know, machine, you know, wefted back, like, you know, shaking a wig. Um, so I'm trying to destigmatize that and really show them like, no, it's, we copy your hairline. Like, like this is your hairline. We're copying it. Well, and like you know, your whole thing is just like, yeah, we're not bleaching, you know, like one hair at a time. I am nodding like a rug, crocheting like a rug. Wow. And, you know, but to your I point, mean, do I have anything? like to your point, it's like the whole it's to trick the eye. But then how do you sell something that you trick the eye with? Wow. That makes like so like it's just one hair. I, I mean, you've seen my. Yeah. You can go to my Instagram. I have a lot of stuff like that. But like, but that's really what it is. At the end of the day, we're just so good at our job that people think it's unattainable. Yeah. I think that's really what it is. Yeah. So I want people to follow you and go to your page and so they can buy, they can buy your book. They can, you, did you say you have yeah. a course? Yeah. I have a full course, um, to actually teach you if you really want to learn ventilating, um, and learn like the art of doing it. I'm, I like to say it does take a minute to just get the ventilating part. So I kind of broke it down where it's like, you're not gonna wanna like jump off the cliff because it is a tedious task, but two things, you could like love it and get in your zone and like make some stupid money at home, you know, where truthfully I would hire you to make it because if you learn my way, I know the product I'll be getting. Where if I send it to like someone that went to like the school of the arts or something like that, I, I do things differently. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just created it so that I could I can know and that I can have like a wig making pool of people because like on any show 
I, I'm putting it out there. I want a period show that I'm going to win my Emmy award on. So it's going to be like hundreds of wigs. So, so you're building an I, army. I, yes, a hundred percent. I want to, I want a wig army. That's amazing. I want people that can be like, hey, okay, great. You learned it. Good. You have 24 hours to refront this wig and get it back to me. That's what I want. Um, only because, and the thing is, I've done it. Like, I don't want people to just think like, oh, he's the, no, 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 no. I've, I've sat there and I've done the whole wig from scratch, 90 hours to make one wig. I've been there. I've done it. And I've shortcut it so we can work smarter, not harder. So, like, people just trust the process. Yeah, no, I, I just uh, want to be in yeah. the army. <laughs> right. And there is a huge, like, pe- there are, I mean, in New York, especially for Broadway and Broadway designers, they have, like, 50 to 100 people that just ventilate for them. That's it. That's all they do. You know, for TV and film, like, if you hook up with, like, a designer or a department head, he'll always use you. Like, We'll just take Ryan Murphy, for example. They How all of their wigs look the same because they go through the same person. So if you get hooked into that and then, like, you know the products you're getting, so you're going to hire them and, like, it just works out better. Yeah, it's so cool. I so appreciate you giving us, like, a like pulling the curtain back on a part of the industry that I feel like yeah. I don't get to see, a lot of people don't get to see, and then it's just it's it's kind of like – inspiring to be like, you can chart your own path and you can, you know, that there's, there's different ways to get where you're going. And so where can people find you? You said you have your Instagram so that people can go over and follow you. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely go to Daniel quite um, official on Instagram. Like that's like the the hub, Um, you know, on Instagram, um, Facebook, Daniel quite official as well. Uh, You can go to decoy.com to find the books, to find the master class mm. if you want to do that. And I do have a kit, like the full wig block, everything that I use. So it's not even like, I can't even say it's a, a pre-existing one that we just packaged. No, 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 no. I like this handle that I'm using for my ventilating thing is the one that I use. This hook, the needle is what I use personally. Like, it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like thrown, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the cheapy, you know, the knockoff. Like, no, this is what I use. So when you're seeing it in the video, you're like, oh, that great. Now we can turn. And I, in my videos, I break it down step by step and Instagram me, send me a message. Hello. How are you? Like, once you're a wig hacker, you're a wig hacker for life. Like I want to be your number one wig making cheerleader because if you do better wigs then I can buy them. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, absolutely. It was so great.